0: Down Startup Podcast. I'm Pedro.
1: And I'm Tara. On this show, we'll bring inspiring stories from leaders in the startup space in a casual coffee shop style conversation. You'll hear how they navigate the challenges of building a customer centric business.
0: We'll bring you actionable insights from all over the world to help you grow your startup by putting your customer first.
1: In today's episode, we have Michael Rangel, founder and CEO at Novo. Michael is a natural-born entrepreneur who began building a fintech called Novo in early 2016, right after graduating from university. Novo is a powerfully simple banking platform with no hidden fees built for the modern entrepreneur. Novo experienced huge growth since being founded in 2016 and Money Magazine named them one of the best business checking accounts in 2020. Focusing on customer experience has helped them thrive through the pandemic.
0: In this episode, Michael will share how he navigated the challenges of building a customer-centric fintech. To talk with Michael, we invited Warren Leviton, a serial founder and current SVP and GM of Platform at Zendesk. Are you ready? Let's sit down and start up.
2: Michael, great to be here with you. Um, You know, we got a chance to connect really briefly before this and uh, you sort of whet my appetite for this conversation. I think our audience um, is in for a real, real treat. So thank you for joining me.
3: Yeah, thank you guys for the invitation. Uh, Super excited to be here as well.
2: And so usually, um, you know, in these things, in an ideal world, we'd be sitting on a terrace somewhere having a nice uh, cup of coffee Um, and as is, the tradition with uh, sit-down startup. Um, tell me what, if we were out there in that idyllic environment of having coffee face-to-face outside, uh, what would be your drink of choice?
3: Yeah, I, I laughed when I noticed that as the first question. I thought it was great, uh, primarily because I am at the coffee shop every day um, and I'm there pretty frequently. But most days it's a double espresso, uh, straight to the point, no messing around, gets the job done, it's quick and efficient. Um, that's most days, some days you have, you know, you want to splurge a bit more, you might get that mocha latte that packs that extra punch, um, but double espresso most days. Nice.
2: You are a man after my own heart. Um, I probably usually go with the long espresso and a single just so I can get in more of those during the day. Um, but, but I'm, I'm also on that purest coffee front, uh, like you. Well, Great. Um, Before we, you know, dive into what I think is the most interesting parts of the conversation is really like who you are and who you are as a founder and the real story behind Novo Uh, for the audience's context, uh, just to make sure they understand like what Novo is, you know, I know that you're an online banking platform, um, but maybe you can help us understand what does that mean today? Is it like you're just a bank with no physical branches? Um, Is there other differentiations fundamentally in digital? Just give us some context here.
3: Yeah, totally. Um, as fintech continues to grow more and more, you, the need for distinction definitely becomes more important. Um, so to be super clear, um, Novo is a technology company, right? Uh, focused on building software to extend just better small business checking accounts, for the modern entrepreneur. That is what we're focused on right now, um, present day. Internally, we coined it as, you know, Novo offers what we call powerful, powerful, oh, I don't know, let's retake that. Internally, we call it Novo offers powerfully simple, small business banking products without the annoyance, right? So stripping out all of that, like more cumbersome type back and forth between bank branch and account holder, we offer them the, you know, super easy-to-use technology, primarily right in the palm of their hand, right, via mobile applications, et cetera, um, while also offering transparent pricing. So there's no monthly fee for a OVO account, and that's a big distinction as well because a lot of incumbents and other fintechs out there uh, harp on that monthly fee, right, charging, you know, somewhere around 15 bucks a month, et cetera. And lastly, and probably the most important piece, especially for today, is just that focus on the better, you know, human service and that human touch. Great,
2: right. And we'll, we'll definitely dig into that um, as we get deeper into the conversation. You know, one clarifying question, you know, which I get people ask me all the time and sometimes I'm not even clear on it. You know, these the, the new challenger banks or banking services. Right. Are you a bank? Or are you, as you described, a technology company that relies on other banks behind you to sort of provide the core service?
3: Yeah, 100%. So we are not a bank, like specifically not a bank. And we have no intention in becoming a bank. We believe that, you know, we are a technology company, we need to do what we need to do. And we need to execute and move fast. Um, luckily enough, and we'll get to this later in the chat. Um, but we've secured an incredible bank partner that is operating just like that as an actual partner and collaborating with us in order to extend great product, um, who handles all of the back end banking side of things.
2: Great. Okay, perfect. To take a step back, like startups are these interesting beasts. Um, I think all founders, uh, I'm a founder, you know, a previous founder myself, I think we're sort of all a little bit crazy. Um, You know, years of data tell us and, you know, most of us have a rational side to us. But the years of data tell us that the odds are stacked against us. Um, and yet we, you sort of did this anyway, right? Can, can you talk us through how did you get to the startup? Like what were some of the key milestones in your life and your career that,
3: that led you to start Novo? Totally. Um, and I'm sure going to try and condense this down for you guys here. Um, I've always been interested in launching businesses, right? I've had a bunch of businesses when I was a kid right, trying to sell my own services, whether that was, you know, pressure cleaning or selling widgets out of the garage or all of those things. I then started, you know, a bunch of different odd jobs in retail and whatnot when I was a teenager and always kind of kept gravitating toward the life of work as opposed to, you know, schooling, right. Schooling never really grabbed my attention and held me uh, and kept me really engaged so i always wanted to do more regardless of whatever i may be doing at the time um and as i evolved as i grew up and i started more jobs in finance etc i started experiencing this problem in smb banking itself right and that kind of like led me down this massive rabbit hole of like wow this is a really 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 bad problem like i can't believe it's so bad number one number two someone should obviously solve that um But like at the end of the day, I didn't really have kind of that clear cut formula of, hey, this is the exact startup I'm going to do. And this is the plan in which I'm going to execute and the strategy I'm going to follow and all that stuff. Um, So that kind of held me up before. And then I have this crazy life experience where, you know, I'm not going to dive into a lot of detail. But um, I was involved in a really bad car accident. Uh, I was ejected from a car, almost died, lost my best friend. Um, had to kind of relearn everything all over again, had to relearn how to, you know, walk, eat, and talk, was in a coma, etc. It was really bad for a really long time. But what that did, just in my mind, both, you know, literally uh, and figuratively, is it really it rattled everything around, right? It really shuffled up perspectives. And before, when I always had that apprehension of like, hey, well, I don't know the strategy yet, so I'm going to wait on that, right? This really rattled that around and said, you know what? now's the best time to do this. So after, you know, I came out with a great recovery, I really, you know, put pen to paper, expanded my network, um, and you know, de-risked different parts of the business and strategy, and then just finally took the plunge with, you know, my current co founder, Tyler, who's a long-time really good friend of mine as well.
2: I uh, I'm really appreciative and want to thank you for, for feeling good about opening up about the personal story. I think it's you know, I think it is an important one to to draw the parallel with with a startup and this notion. You know, like the building up of confidence that I'll say, "quote unquote," you know, anything is possible, right? And you don't you don't need to know the answer before you start a journey. Um, and I think for a lot of people who live outside of the startup ecosystem, they don't really understand that. Um, they think so much that the idea, the original idea is what's critical and that you can't have a startup unless you sort of have the answer. Where we all know the dirty little secret is, you know, your original thinking, you know, is usually just the tiniest little seed of what ends up becoming and you learn on the journey. um, And and that's where success comes from. So I think, you know, your accident and sharing that story, I think it's just a poignant in, in that situation. And I'm not saying everybody, would deal with it as well as you did, um, and come out of it as strong as you did for a variety of reasons. But I love, you know, but I think it's an example that really makes it crystal clear for people that that idea that you can, you could achieve something without not without knowing the outcome at the beginning, right? It's not, uh, it doesn't all need to be laid out so neatly in life um, to do that. So, so I appreciate you telling that story. Thank you. Yeah, 100%. So I think it's it's about, you're coming up on your four-year anniversary, I think, pretty quickly now at the end of this year. Um, what have been some of the toughest parts of that journey? Any times, like, that you, you know, you were ready to give up and throw in the towel?
3: Great question. <laughs> and really, like, to kind of, like, demystify this whole thing, first and foremost, is, like, there. I wouldn't say there was necessarily any specific, like, acute period of time or specific thing that was especially tough is literally all tough, right? Everything about a startup is tough. Kind of like what you just said. It's not even about, you know, having a great idea, but it's about kind of bringing that idea to fruition and doing all the work in order to have it cross the line, right? So, like, everything is tough, and being tough is relative, right? As the company grows, as you get more funding, more customers, more money, etc. like, different things become tough over time. That being said, um... So it was was way tougher than I initially anticipated, but I think it was like also a really fun challenge, right? Because you know, at the end of the day, like, hey, this is something that you are bringing to the world that you are starting from literally nothing. And I think there's a lot of like validation and fulfillment in that idea. Um, anyways, so that is a backdrop. Uh, I think probably the toughest thing that we've experienced date is just early, early days. So when myself and my co-founder started this, we started it with our savings. So we bootstrapped for the first two and a half years of the company's life. We didn't pay ourselves salary. Um, We slept on couches and in garages to conserve cash and extend runway as much as possible because we didn't want to, you know, raise money without actually having something tangible on a product showing, you know, like, hey, this thing actually works. Um, But also during that time, what was also tough is we had limited capital, but we obviously needed help, and we needed resources to build a product. And we got really creative with resources. Long story short, um, you know, we serendipitously connected with a developer in India um, through this online freelancing platform. Right. Fast forward to today, this person is still with us, um, and we have you know spent over a year boots on the ground in India. OK, to build out the offices, teams, culture, etc., We now have a wholly owned subsidiary over there in India and over 30 employees over there. Um, so, you know, in the early days, like obviously we didn't see the forest through the trees, so to speak. But now you can kind of look back on it and reflect like, wow, uh, you know, we've come a long way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I- like that's those you know, and I bet today you're gonna you're you're easily able to say that the infrastructure that you have set up, the human capital infrastructure you have set up in India is is, is critical to your business, and probably hard to imagine not having it. Um, and yet again, going back to our previous conversation, completely unanticipated, right? It wasn't part of the plan at the beginning. It came through execution, and um, you know, sort of being very open to your market, to your customers, to the environment of all these inputs and how to solve the problem. Yeah. Um, so another another good, another great example. If we, if we switch over to Novo itself for a second, you, you were talking about small business and this focus. Um, and, you know, that obviously stands in opposition to, as a first place, like general consumer banking. Like when we think, when I think about banking, I think when most people think about banking, you think about classic retail personal banking, right, is the dominant market. How different is is SMB? And, you know, I'm asking this from the question of sort of the Zendesk, the customer experience, the put the customer at the center of your business. How meaningfully different is it for your product, your service, everything you do that you're catering to these customers versus consumers?
3: Yeah, great question. But I want to kind of like take a step back in answering that, because when you look at the macro environment, like are these products different and are the is the end customer different? Right. Like that is a big, important question. Um, In reality, guess what? They're not really that different. Right. But when you think about the product and the life cycles and the customer journeys in both aspects, it's very different, especially in banking right in banking it's very different primarily because of just exposure and risk associated with onboarding an entity or a business versus onboarding an individual right it's a lot harder to do at scale right so large incumbents who have millions and millions of customers right to onboard businesses it's way more risky than onboarding an individual who has very simple needs uh, you know, very simple revenue, uh, you know, sources as well as expenses. It's all pretty predictable. But businesses are just so stratified and so different and so segmented that it's also hard to quantify. And so they will also want to limit their risk and make sure that these businesses that are coming through the door aren't doing bad stuff. Right. And so that's kind of like this thing that all the large banks are defending against. However, now that is also impeding upon that customer experience. Right. That you also mentioned. Right? And it, it's impeding upon it so bad that these products have gotten so clunky over the years. Right? And so these small business checking accounts, although they quite literally do the same thing as your individual retail checking account, right, you're made, you have to jump through so many more hoops in order to get access to it. And then once you get access to it, right, there's nowhere near the same functionality as you have as your individual retail bank consumer. And so that's kind of the biggest thing that we're addressing as Novo because we're focused on those very, very small businesses, right? Those single owner operators or people that are, you know, setting up shop with a few employees, like those people operate, think, execute like individual retail consumers, right? And so it's a matter of like blending the lines between what is an actual SMB product with the ease of functionality, with an actual consumer product as well, um, and addressing the needs of, of both there. Oh, Warren, you're muted.
2: When you think about the persona being the same, really, right, the products can be different, right? And, and again, this, the, you know, how you package everything is going to be different, like you talked about, um, but the personas being similar, how does that translate into your sort of service or customer engagement layer? And, and you think about, you know, at Zendesk, you know, we're going through tons of change right now. We've we see this massive rise in, in messaging and sort of conversational interfaces that are sort of the like like the way we text today, these continuous threads that are persistent, which is very different than email, very different than voice, very different than live chat. Um How does this play down into your business with your users being sort of consumer-like, but SMBs?
3: I think that's a really interesting theme that you just picked up there, right? Because like, although a lot of these people are that same persona, right? That means they come with those same expectations too, right? So they've gotten used to, hey, my consumer product is X way. And so therefore, I think that my business product should be similar if not completely synonymous right i should get that same level of service as i do when i use my uber application uh, as i do in my bank application and obviously that is like not there um, at least not yet anyways um, when you kind of overlay the service uh on top of all of that Right, service when considering like consumer products, it's all like in your face all the time, right? Like messaging, like you better be across all channels in order to offer that. SMB still definitely isn't there by any means, um, but we're definitely trying to inch our way toward offering that. You know, most real time service across chat calls emails etc basically we just want to be everywhere that our customers are in the way that they currently operate right without kind of having to inconvenience them now with that being said like i think there is a bridge from where we are today to like where we need to go there's a lot of improvements that we want to make as a business kind of like you guys as well and send us with all the trends that you guys are seeing um, but there is a world where we kind of want to be everywhere um, that they are working naturally and organically without kind of having them jump through hoops.
2: Yeah, no, that's great. And that's, that's definitely, you know, the dominant way we see the world at Zendesk, right, is be where your customers are. Don't, like, in, in, in a digital sense, don't make them cross the street and come to you, set up shop where they are.
3: That's hilarious. I did not read that before this uh, session, so <laughs> I did not copy you guys. <laughs>
2: And then, and then you see where they want to be, right? And then, and, and you, and you adapt. But you know, thankfully, there's companies like Zendesk that build products that make this super easy for you. But we're not here to talk about us. Um, if I if I pivot a bit, and you know, I feel like it would be remiss to not ask a COVID question. Um, it feels like COVID would be an amazing accelerant um, for a business like yours, right? Remote cloud. I mean, this just seems like digital banking. You know. This seems where it's at. Um, any bumps along the road in, in COVID that, that set you back?
3: So it's great that you say that because hindsight is 2020, right? Like, I tell this to literally everyone. If you rewind about six months ago, that probably took years off my life because of how much stress we were all under, right? Because at, the, at that time, we had no idea what the unknown looked like, right? we you know, offering SMB bank accounts. Are all small businesses going to go out of business? Oh, my God, what's going to happen, et cetera. We thought it was, you know, close to over. Thankfully, we built an awesome product that people really like and gravitated to, um, especially as bank branches, you know, are no longer accessible and all of that stuff. So we saw this crazy amount of, like, meteoric growth um, in adoption, which is incredible. Um, and so that obviously kind of, like, challenged internal operations right but the the whole thing about building a startup right is like building the rocket ship as you're taking off right and ensuring that like you're cobbling things together and you're using like scotch tape to make sure that you're still okay um so that that, that was definitely us for sure
2: awesome well that's good to hear i'm glad i'm glad it was it was a net positive uh, this conversation's been been fantastic i've learned a ton i love the story um I expect to see novo continue to just be a great success in the business I think the you know that the extreme focus on on sort of this unique segment of the market um, that under my impression and um, as well as based on your successes feels underserved and definitely underserved in, in a new digital world it's just fantastic to you know to close out um I have one last question for you. You know, we live in a world today. I think where we all realize kindness and hem- empathy and being helpful towards others is just more important than ever. Um, so it'd be great if you could share a time when someone has shown you uh, a type of exceptional kindness um, that's really had an impact on you.
3: Sure, um, I had to think about this one quite a bit. I mean, I think that I, that also kind of speaks volumes to the question. But the one who, the one person who I would use here as an answer might come off as probably not a conventional answer here. Um, The the individual that I'd probably throw in there for us, me specifically, as well as my co-founder, is actually our bank partner CEO, um, John Weissman at Middlesex Federal Savings. Um, John has been an incredible, incredible partner. Throughout the entire journey of building Novo, uh, we joke that John is like our third co-founder in a lot of cases. Um, we should probably get him on his desk thing as well because he thinks very much the same way we do. Because the entire vision, the entire core of the Novo product, as well as John's entire philosophy, is the customer comes first, no matter what. And for a banker to come with that perspective, right, that is a very, like, that's like a shift in the paradigm, so to speak. Um, And so I think that's why we've been able to really construct uh, such a great product while also catering to the needs of our customers, um, especially in such a tumultuous time. But I would definitely say, you know, John is up there for for that.
2: No, that's great. I mean, look, I think this is you know, just much of the time is everybody needs this kindness and empathy. Now, I think acknowledging that it can come from so many places, right? There's the random acts of kindness from strangers. There's, um, you know, a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, in these situations that answers I get when I ask this question are, you know, a lot of times parents or family members. Um, And I think business partners and colleagues, it's, it's, it's a place we need to see that open mind and that empathy. Um, and sort of putting people first. So thank you for that. Of course. Well, it was great to talk to you. um, And uh, I look forward to uh, future conversations and uh, continuing to work together uh, as business partners from a Zendesk uh, and Novo perspective.
3: Fantastic, Warren. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Michael. I had the pleasure to see Novo's growth over the past two years, and you are building a great product and a very talented team. Congrats.
1: I really like Michael's take on giving business-to-business banking customers a more personal and consumer-driven experience. It's great to see that he's also aligned with Zendesk's principles of meeting your customers where they're at.
0: If you liked this episode, help us grow. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. We'll be back next week with Brandon D. Anderson, founder and CEO at Rahim.
1: Stay safe.
0: And hungry.